3: This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about why your stage introduction is so important and how you can make a great first impression when you're talking from the stage. That's a bit later, but first up, it's our success interview. Today we're talking with entrepreneur, coach, speaker, and the author of Get Up, Get Dressed, Get Out, Kelly Chevalier. Kelly believes that you can create your world with your words, and as she says on her website, there is fun and simple way to have a yay every day. I want to explore that, and I also want to talk to her about how she's built her business helping people tailor their communication to increase impact, influence, and income. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about our conversation today and I know that you've got so much to share. We've had some great conversations previously and I'm excited to share that with our listeners. I love to start our conversation by asking our guests to talk a little bit about their business, how you started it and how it's evolved over time.
4: Yeah, it's sort of a interesting story because I started this business called Wordslay um, with another with my business partner. His name is Prashant. He and I got it all going in January of this year, um, 2017. But prior to that, we were both working separately in our own businesses. So as a copywriter, I was working in communication couturis where I was like handcrafting messages for people, and he was in his own business, Ganancia 360, where he was handcrafting these websites. And practically two or three or four times a week we were calling one another and going, hey, can you help me with the website? Hey, can you help me with the copy? And we were doing this for years. And then one day we were like, um, why don't we just like become the Wonder Twins and like combine power here and, <laughs> and get this thing done? And so we were like, why hadn't we thought of that before? And so we finally, you know, made that leap into forming an agency where I brought my talents as a copywriter plus... My team of junior copywriters, and he brought his s e o and web developers and all those number guys to this to this whole you know creative agency and so now we 're just like a superpower. Like we help people communicate in ways that they never have before and help them get their messages where historically they've never been or are not allowed. And so um, we really love working with mainly, you know, high aesthetic practitioners, doctors, lawyers, coaches, and that sort of thing. It's been a lot of fun.
3: That's an interesting um, way that you approach that because I think often as entrepreneurs, we're trying to do all things for all people or we're trying to make things fit with what we do with other people but yet we're not coordinating and i love the fact that you really formed a collaborative working relationship in you know by forming that agency so that you can both take two pieces that are very integral And you don't have to do both of them, but you can work very closely to really give those powerful results that people are looking for.
4: If I had one tip to give business owners, it would be when you hear the word scale, you should be thinking agency because this alliance has freed us both up so much. Like that's what I think about in, you know, in scalability. And so, where a lot of people are like, man, I need to hire people to do this and hire people to do that and hire people to do that. And they think that hiring a whole bunch of people is scaling. But what we found was creating alliances, um, that's like true scaling because you get to step away when you want to and you get to Mm -hmm. jump in and get your hands dirty when you want to without having to really, you know, manage a lot of people or even have all the headaches of like, you know, the paperwork and the taxes and all the things that come with having a lot of employees. So Mm -hmm. it's it's been really just a great experience so far.
3: So how did you know that it was the the right working relationship? Because I've heard people that have talked about creating um, collaborative working relationships and they're really struggling with, how to make them work, how to make sure it's equitable, how to make sure that they're both or multiple people are getting as much as, you know, they're putting in. Because sometimes people put in more than, than others. So how do you know that it's the right one?
4: You know, the day that we decided we were going to do this, um, Prashant is the kind of guy who is, he's all about the numbers, he likes follows the rules to a T, everything is in writing. I mean, he is just like a stickler for, for all that kind of stuff, boundaries and everything. I'm the free spirit. I'm just looking at the fun of it. I'm thinking like, you know, looking like bird's eye view of everything. And I'm like, ah, we'll wing it, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm the like the super creative one. And so when we were coming together, we were like, okay, we're gonna have to build this business, like, um from the ground up, and it has to have both of us in it from the very beginning. And so when we formed our LLC, uh, we were sitting across the table from one another, and I promise it felt exactly like we were writing out our prenup. And so we're like, (laughs) this is like a business marriage right now because if this thing goes south, I walk away with 51% and you walk away with 49 and we have exactly in writing what each of us has to bring to the table and what we walk away with. So we are literally in a business marriage right now. Mm-hmm. And to get to that space, it took a lot of discussion over what, what our styles were, what our expectations were, what our roles were in the business. And you know, to be perfectly honest, we thought we had it all figured out going into it. Mm -hmm. And after actually doing some projects together, we realized that there are things that we didn't know to reveal to one another. And we brought on... um, I mean, I guess, you know, you could call her a a life coach, but we call her the relationship archer. She's like the one who's holding the bow and arrow, and she can see Mm -hmm. the target. And then she just sort of lines us up and then shoots us out, and we hit the bullseye every time. And so we literally work with her. I mean, you could think of it in terms of like a marriage coach. Mm-hmm. Um, for business partners. And so anytime that one of us feels you know frustrated or we're not communicating or, or we think we're communicating effectively in reality, we're not, um, really giving everything up in the conversation, mm-hmm. then she's able to, to work with both of us separately and together to just straighten all those things out. And I tell you what, it's the best relationship we actually brought her on into the agency to work with not just us but also the other people in our relations in our in our um, agency mm-hmm. because we realized that when when everybody has a relationship that works and everybody's happy, then we can have the level of customer service that none of our competitions even dreamed of. Like, we can go above and beyond and serve our clients in ways that even our clients are just, like, holy freaking cow. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is amazing, right? And so we actually have her on board with us now. So when anyone in our agency is struggling with something, personal or professional, they can call her.
3: Interesting, yeah. interesting, I like that, and I think with business partnerships, it, it really is like a marriage, and I think oftentimes you spend more time with your business partner than you do with your spouse, more waking hours be- and because it's you know a big part of your day and I love the fact that you really took advantage of an opportunity that it wasn't where you, the path you were going down, but you saw an opportunity and stepped into it. And really, so many people, I think, step into partnerships and collaborations very casually. And, you know, they may need to start that way, but it so- sounds like very quickly you realized you needed to formalize it if it was going to be successful. You really treated it like a business that it is, not just an add-on we really treat it
4: like a business relationship. I mean, we, we, it's almost like we wrote business in, you know, small little lowercase letters and like six point font. And then we wrote mm-hmm. relationship in like big, bold print, you know, like 62 font, because we thought that the relationship part was more important than the business.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And as we were, you know, scaling the agency and taking on bigger clients, which um, it almost brought us to a breaking point early on because we, you know, we we had our own way of doing things. You know, I had my own way in my company and he had his own way in his company. And when we were underneath the pressure of having, you know, clients that were 50K or more And shorter deadlines, it was like, you know, that stress level increases and that anxiety increases. And really, that's when your insecurities start to come out. So um, Mm -hmm. it was at that moment that we were like, okay, this business cannot fail and we cannot fail because our clients cannot fail. And Mm -hmm. we looked outside the box and we thought, okay, so there's got to be someone who can mediate. And that's when we we thought it was necessary um, to bring on our coach.
3: Interesting. Very interesting. I love that. And I think oftentimes we try to solve everything ourselves, and we do need that support. We do need a coach. We do need someone who can help us, whether we're doing it alone or we're doing it in a a partnership. So let me ask you a little bit um, off topic, but not. Mm -hmm. So You're a retired Army major. You've served in Iraq. You've really had a lot of very different experience before you came into your business. How do you think that played into how you build those relationships, and how did that help you or serve you as you decided to step into the entrepreneurial world?
4: Well, first of all, I realized what matters, and I actually made – uh, there's this book by, I can't remember his first name, I think his last name is Hiram. Anyhow, um, he talks about building out your own personal constitution. And after serving in Iraq and I was, you know, nearly lost my life on my last tour and, um, mm-hmm. when a van exploded, and um, I realized, okay, I survived this. And so this is like my second This is like my second chance at life, and I really had to sit down and think about what really matters. So when I was writing this personal constitution and, you know, listing out the things that matter to me and the things that I value the most, I realized that it was the relationships that I had formed all through my life that gave me enough um, willpower to continue living if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So relationships was like right there at the top of my list. Um, and then it, it was like, well, okay, break that down. What about what about those relationships are important? And it's about having all of my needs met and then having them have everything that they want out of the relationship as well. And so I have brought that, I've, that has sort of carried over into what I've done ever since then. Um, so when you're in a business where what you do is an invisible service, you know, like copywriting, it's not like I can sell a product. It's like, okay, you're going to buy this mug. You know, you're getting a mug. You can look at the mug and hold it and turn it and test it and see if it holds water. But Mm -hmm. when you're selling something like copywriting or writing a story or a speech or a press release, well, you're actually asking for money up front for something that's never been seen something that hasn't Mm -hmm. even been created yet, right? You're inventing things as you go along and you're asking Mm -hmm. people to support the idea. And so that's a lot more difficult. And so when you want to have someone support your idea or your invention or something you haven't even created yet, then what you're really selling is the relationship. So that became the cornerstone of everything that I've done since leaving the military. It's been around in and around building relationships. And then Mm -hmm. another thing that I really learned was that life is short. And so when you, and I know that's cliche, life is short, everybody says Mm -hmm. that, but you don't really understand what that means until you almost lose your life and Mm -hmm. you go, wait a minute. I don't have time for anything that's not making me happy, that's not making me better, that's not making me money, that's just not serving me. Like, I don't, I don't even begin to make time for those kinds of things. And so when people start to enter your life with negativity or they enter your life with, with things that aren't in your constitution, things that really don't matter, you can easily make a decision. Um, do I give this time or not? Like, it's so much easier to draw the line in the sand and go, you know what? I'm going to pass on that quote-unquote opportunity, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take this instead, because you realize that you have a finite amount of time to make mm-hmm. your life epic, and every single second matters.
3: Wow. That's um, amazing, and then it comes back to building the relationships, which is kind of you know been been core in your new project that you're doing. So it it, it does come full circle, and I love it. Thank you so much for sharing, and thank you for your for your service. Um, it's it's you know people like yourself that really keep us safe and free. And as a mom, who has a a son who's been in the Air Force for 10 years and is currently deployed. I know how, you know, how much that impacts families. So thank you. Thank you for your support. So we need to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to continue the conversation and learn a little bit more about how you really work with people and how you've grown your business. This is Janelle McCauley and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why
5: is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is 1 million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So, here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for
0: details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
3: Welcome back. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're talking with entrepreneur, coach, speaker, and the author of Get Up, Get Dressed, Get Out, Kelly Chevalier. And if you missed our conversation before the break, you absolutely need to go back and listen to it, especially if you have someone that you work with, a business partner, if you're part of an agency, to really learn how to build a successful relationship because Kelly has absolutely done that. And I'm excited. I want to shift the conversation a little bit, Kelly, and ask you to just talk a little bit because I think people get overwhelmed with writing copy and how to communicate what they're trying to do to get attention and there's a lot of people out there but I think we all do it very differently so what would you suggest to people to get started or to make it a little bit easier and I know you've got a couple tools that you use that help also
4: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly you know I hear this all the time people are like well I'm trying to say this, and people just aren 't understanding what I mean by that you know so that is the most common problem when it comes to copywriting and one of the reasons is because you have so much knowledge um, around in and around your service or product, and you think that everybody wants to just know about how amazing it is and they want to know about the features and the benefits and all the bells and whistles when in reality all people really want to know is how to solve their problem that's it they just mm-hmm. care about themselves they don't care about you they don't care about your your service your product or anything at first and you hear a lot that people do business with people they know like and trust right we've heard mm-hmm. all that before Mm-hmm. But in reality, nobody likes you, knows you, or trusts you at first. And so you've got to really focus your writing on building up that that knowledge, that like, that trust. And the way you do that is by speaking directly to the person you're trying to serve in terms of their very specific problem and making them aware that there is a very specific solution. So, What you want to do is use some tools that I like um, and do 80% of the work in your research first. And I know people are like, research, that's boring, numbers, whatever, stats and all that. But I'm telling you, 80% of your work is in the research. 20% is in the actual copy that you're going to write. So Mm -hmm. if you use tools like um, Google Trends, right, you just... Type in the Google search, Google Trends, and try out some keywords. So you might type in something like if you, if you have a dentist's office, you might want to type in toothache or teeth whitening or something like that. And then you want to look at the stats. And it will tell you something like, oh, people are searching for the word dental whitening three times more than they're searching for um, dental cleaning. Oh, well, then that means you mm-hmm. want to start tailoring your message around the, the whitening and not the cleaning, right? That helps you make a decision on what to focus on. Mm-hmm. And then another tool you want to use would be like eyespionage. espionage is great because now you get to get into your competition and you mm-hmm. get to see, okay, well, what kind of work have they done around this topic? Because they probably already got it all figured out you get to kind of spy on them and see what what's working for them and what's not. And generally speaking, it will lead you to comments that your potential client, your ideal client, is already making out in the world. And I love this because what happens is you'll read the comments on their blog posts or you'll read the comments on their Yelp reviews, and people are so... I mean, they're just so eager to tell you what's wrong. Like, people can't wait to tell you what's not working in their lives. (laughs) And they'll say things like, oh, this product was terrible because it didn't do X, Y, and Z. And then what you do is you pick up the X, Y, and Z and you put that into your message. And now you're right in their brain. You're actually speaking the thought that they have and they think you are clairvoyant. They're like, oh, my God, (laughs) this person is, like, reading my mind. And really, you've just done your research, and that's where the battle is won.
3: 80% of it is in your research. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) It it is, and I really, um, it it really makes me stop and think when you say 80% of your work is in the research. 20% is in the actual copy, and I would, would venture to say, and I don't have any statistics to back this up, but what it feels like is most people sit down and try to write their copy and probably spend 80% writing it and very little time doing the research because they think they know what it is, and they try to wordsmith it versus actually talking about what people are actually saying. So even if it's similar, people don't see themselves in the copy. That is exactly what's happening. That
4: is exactly, and I'll just add to that. People are looking at that cursor blinking on a blank screen, and they're just banging their head and going, why can't I do this? And the longer that happens, the more distance comes between you and the person that you want to serve. So why do all that? Just copy and paste. Do your research, copy and paste exactly what they said they wanted, onto
3: your message, and you're done. Like, that's it. <laughs> So do you find that that's hard for people to grasp that, con- that concept, that they actually trust it versus wanting to make it sound pretty and flowery? Nine
4: times out of ten, when I send a draft to my client they will come back with the comments and they will write things all around how special they are and how special this thing is and that thing is. And, oh, you, d- you forgot to mention that this is a 10-part program. And then I have to come back and say, I got all that. But that comes way later. So mm-hmm. it, is, it is difficult to get through to non marketers right people who mm-hmm. aren't in the marketing space to understand that um, people don't want all that like you really just have to speak to them in a way that is not clever right so most of the time we're mm-hmm. trying to be very clever and different and unique and all of that but at first it doesn't take any of that it just has to be clearly stated I like to play around and if anyone listening wants to kind of play around with this how you can write things very succinctly very clearly, very quickly, um, play around with a six-word story. Uh, so something like, I love my business is crazy. It's, it's six words and it's a whole story. It's like, I love my business and now my business is crazy. So you play with that. Like write out hmm. a whole long paragraph and boil it down to six words. When you start practicing that sort of thing, it will come so easily. You'll be able to quickly just say exactly what it is that you're trying to convey in a way that people don't have to think about. And I love this quote from John Maxwell because he said that 2% of people think, 3% of people think they think, and 95% of people would rather die than think. (laughs) And if you just sort of follow that rule, then you you will never overcomplicate things. You will keep things so incredibly simple, and, and people will react. They will take action. And, and nine times out of ten, they'll take the action that you want them to if you just continue in that method.
3: I love that. And we all know that a confused mind doesn't buy. They just get overwhelmed. and oh, They move on to something that's easier to do. Right, right. So, So how do you – I want to take just a couple minutes that we've got left and actually have you share just a little bit about how you've expanded your business. I know you've got your agency, but how you expand your reach. Because one thing we know is it's impossible to grow to the level businesses want to, doing everything one-on-one. And one of the things we love with Turn Knowledge to Profit is – looking at how you can expand your business using products, programs, and services. So could you just share a little bit about what you've done with that? Sure.
4: I would say one of our most popular products is building a marketing funnel. And the reason why is because what a funnel does is take a complete stranger, walk them through the buyer's journey very, just not slowly, but at a very steady pace, and then converts them into a long-term client, someone who's going to be a repeat buyer. And so what we do in building out that funnels is we start with, you know, just your system, your method. And if you really want to expand your business and grow, like if you're just a solopreneur and you make T-shirts and you just really want to do something larger than that, then come up with a signature method. That is the key to expanding your business. When you come up with a signature method, a method being you take this step and this step and this step, and maybe it's Mm -hmm. four steps or maybe it's five, and you do it in a way that only you can do it. And maybe it's something that's been done before, but you bring something unique to the table. That becomes Mm -hmm. your signature method. And then what you do in a marketing funnel is splinter out that method, little pieces of it in bite-sized chunks. So I'm going to teach you or I'm going to introduce you to the first little piece of my method and get you hooked on it. And then as I carry you along, I'm slowly revealing the other parts of my method until you're like, I want the whole thing. I need this in my life. Like that right there is how you expand and grow and also how you set yourself apart and become an influencer in your industry.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. I love that you know we did um, recently one of our business builder segments on that that very topic, creating your unique branded system. And we have our quick fix formula. So I love that. I hadn't really thought about it in that way, but that's exactly um, what we did, not so um, I love that. and I'd love to really challenge people to think about what is their kind of signature Um, process that they create. This has been fascinating, and I thank you so much for sharing. How can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you do?
4: Um, If you'd like to get in touch with our creative agency, WordFlay, you just go to wordslay.com, which is W-O-R-D-S-L-A-Y.com, wordslay.com. But if you'd like to get a little piece of our method, um, I'd like to invite all of your listeners to go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com agency. And I'm sorry, facebook.com forward slash agency. And there you'll see a tab that says download. Now, you can only do this from your desktop, but on your desktop, you'll see a tab that says download, and there will be all kinds of fun freebies so and we update them periodically so there'll be new things changing out throughout the year
3: I love that thank you and I was saying um, when we were on our break I was saying that um, I think putting together because you were telling me some other resources too that you use that might be a great um, a, a great ebook or something to put together <laughs> so thank you so much and I know you've given us some great tips but what's one of your favorite tips that you can leave our listeners with as we end our call together?
4: My favorite tip is to be clear and not clever. When copywriting, no matter what it is that you're trying to say, if you're at a networking meeting, if you're writing um, a copy for a website, or even your bio, we tend to want to be you know, over the top funny and unique. or flowery or whatever, but really just choose to be clear. That's the best tip I can give you.
3: I love that. Thank you so much for your time today and for all your great sharing.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was quite a uh, fun experience. I appreciate it.
3: You're welcome. We need to take another real quick break. And when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
5: I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation. About how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world.
0: If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment, we're going to talk about creating a killer stage intro.
1: And I know this is a conversation we recently had. And why do you think this is so important?
2: Well, you know, there's that famous quote that you never have a second chance to make a first impression. And you have to think of your stage intro as your first impression. Even though you're not talking, it's someone else talking for you. It's still the first impression the audience has of you. And it really sets the context for what they're gonna think about you, how they're gonna perceive your presentation, and whether they really are gonna engage with you.
1: And it's interesting because you and I have seen recently a couple speakers have come in with their own 90 second video introduction versus running the risk of having someone else introduce them. So what would you suggest that a good stage
2: introduction include? well first you really you want it to create interest in your talk so it seems a little bit counterintuitive they're introducing you but you want it to create some interest so if you have a great title they talk a little bit about that and then second you want you want it to establish your credibility with the audience so you know you want to make sure that they know you're credible that when you take the stage they want to listen to you because you really do know what you're talking about, you've lived it, you've done it, you know, you're somebody that really needs to be listened to and really, um, really absorbed.
1: You know, no, I agree. And, you know, one of the challenges people have when you're getting someone to introduce you is who should do it. Sometimes the, it's the event organizer and at an event I was recently at, people were going back and forth because I saw the background. Should I introduce them? Should you introduce them? Should someone else introduce them? And you really want it to be someone who's comfortable from the front of the room. You want it to be someone who can read well. And one of the challenges that people have is when someone knows you too well, they tend to improvise. So if you want them to read it as you've written it, you need to make sure that you ask them and have that conversation about, how you should be introduced.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and this is a, a, a common mistake that a lot of speakers make. I mean, and, and I know in the four or five years that you um, were the the managing director of the Phoenix Women Network chapter, you had a speaker every month, and, and you got the whole gamut. You got everything from speakers who just showed up with no introduction whatsoever, and you had to make it up on the fly, all the way up to, as you said earlier, speakers that, sent you a 30 second, 60 second, 90 second, whatever it was, video introduction. Um, So, and everything in between. And so the best advice I have for speakers is to take control of your introduction. Don't let someone else control how you're gonna be introduced to the audience. And again, that's a common mistake that a lot of speakers make. It's not enough just to provide a bio to the event organizer and let them figure out what's important in that bio. Uh, I know you've gotten a bunch of those where the person thought they were being helpful, they sent you a, a one-page, single-spaced, right. you know, 10-point type bio, and they thought that was it. And you have to sort of go through and pick out what you think is important because you can't stand there and read a whole you know, bio, it'll take too long, and it'll bore the audience. So really what what I would propose is that each speaker create a 30 to 45 second introduction and that it fits on one page, double spaced at 12 to 14 point type. So why do you do that? Well, you want to have something to hand to the MC or to the event organizer to say, here's my intro, just read it. I mean, obviously you wouldn't be quite that abrupt, but I mean, basically you want to hand them something and, and let me, having been on the other side of it, let me tell you that they will be thrilled that you do that because they don't want to create your bio or create your intro any more than you want them to create it. It's just, they've got a million things going on with an event that they're trying to coordinate and, you know, unfortunately creating your introduction is not going to be at the top of their list. So the more you can help them out, the better off they're going to be and the better off you're going to be. So another little trick is, and and we kind of laughed about this uh, a little bit ago when you did a presentation, is I gave you two copies of your intro and you said, well, why do I need two copies? Again, this is from experience that when you get to the event, you're going to give a copy of your introduction to the MC or the host or the event coordinator, whoever it is. And they're going to look at it, and they're going to go, oh, this is great. Thank you very much. And then it's going to be five minutes before you're ready to be introduced, and they're going to be potentially looking through all their notes and saying, where did I put that intro? I don't have it. I I had it here a minute ago. I, I don't know where it is. And then you're going to be able to step up and go, don't worry about it. Here's another copy. And they're going to be thrilled that you give them a nice clean copy that they can read from when they do the introduction they don't even have to think about it and so so really if you can provide that one page well thought out well structured introduction for them to simply read they will be thrilled and you will be in a much better place as a speaker
1: well it's funny you say that about two copies and this isn't about an intro but at the event i was just at the person who was leading it had all of her notes up on the podium and she had her closing remarks and she went to close out the conference and guess what the paper was gone and she had it memorized it which you usually don't I mean it was a very it was a poem it was very very beautiful and very thought-provoking um fortunately someone said I have another copy so they had multiple yeah. copies <laughs> so if it's really important make sure that you're not on your own. And again, we're not talking about other parts of the presentation, but I'm going to throw this in too. I also had a copy of my slides and I'm glad I did because the way it was set up, I could not see what was being shown and someone else was moving the slides. So I had to have something there that I could see and know exactly where I was and exactly where my transitions were. So being prepared is absolutely key. So. What are some specific things that you think a speaker should include in their intro?
2: Well, first, you want to make sure that the audience knows that you really are an expert in whatever field you're talking about and that you've been ex- you have experience in that area. So that they can start to form a connection with you. They want to know that if it's the sales or if it's marketing or if it's um Success or if you know, whatever it is networking confidence building, whatever you're talking about They want to know that you've actually done something in that field. You've you've Experienced it you've you've gotten awards for it. You are really an expert and they really should listen Um, The second thing is they you they really want some way to engage with you on a personal level and so I know in other business builders, we've talked about the idea of attracting your ideal client and in some ways repelling those people who are not your ideal client. Well, this is the same thing. You want to create a feeling of attraction with those people in the audience that are predisposed to it be attracted to you. And for those people that it doesn't fit, that, that's OK, too. Let, you know, that's fine. But you want to provide a story. I know when we, we do your introduction, we always have a little bit about the businesses you founded, the organizations you've been with, um, some of the awards that you've gotten, et cetera. So that people can start to feel like, oh, well, this could be me or that's or, interesting. I've thought about that organization or I founded a business myself or I've been in that same situation before. Or, you know, they, they want those kinds of feelings about you as a presenter so that you can engage them.
1: I think it is so important. And I know another thing that you do, which is really important, is having bios and introductions at different lengths. Can you just just real quickly share the standard lengths that you like to see and I know as a radio show host, when we're asking for people about their information, we're asking for those bios. So if you have them written, you can just pull, pull, plug and play rather than having to recreate every time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So what we did was for each of us, we created multiple bios. So one, I think, is 50 words. One is 100 words and one is 250 words because different events, different organizing groups, they ask for different kinds of bios. They want to put it in a program or they want to do something else with it. So what I do, the easiest way to do it is I write the 250 word one first, and then I just cut out some things to get down to 100 and then I cut some more things to get down to 50. So now you have three nice lengths of bio. And so again, I would not provide that as your introduction, that's a little different but you certainly can create the introduction from that bio. You want to pull out some of the things that are most important and organize them into a way that they can be presented in 30, 60 seconds at the most. Um, The other piece of of advice that I would give to folks uh, in terms of their intro is also think about that first slide that you have in your presentation because it's likely that while the MC or whoever it is is reading your introduction, that slide is going to be up on the screen. And that's really expensive real estate. You don't want to waste it on um, a nice picture of you and your name or the name of the presentation because everybody already knows what the presentation is about. You want to have some really engaging, really interesting slide that captures people's attention while your intro is being read. I'm, I'm a big proponent of always putting a quote uh, on that slide so that people are starting to read your slides and listening to your introduction at the same time. They're starting to get the feeling that this is going to be content rich. This is going to be interesting. I got to sit on the edge of my seat and really pay attention.
1: And I know you use quotes all the time, and I know recently we shared on our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page some links to some quotes, so I invite everyone to go to Turn Knowledge to Profit on Facebook and check that out. And also, you shared some great tips and information today, so share what you loved about today's conversation on Turn Knowledge to Profit, and let's continue the conversation.
2: You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week.
0: Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.